Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Welcome to Chain Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, and I am dangerously anti-government. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure you want to be saying that on like a publicly recorded podcast. Oh, they already uh, do not, it. <laughs> not to say that uh, our government profiles or anything, but there were some times when we would travel uh, internationally together that I, when you'd like show your uh, driver's license with your your big mountain man beard, and I would just, uh, I guess, wonder if you were ever you'd going point, to. You'd point over at me and be like, "I'm not with him. I'm on yeah, a different correct. flight." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they already know everything about me anyway. Why? Well, what am I hiding? <laughs> it's it is kind of a paradox. Like on the one hand, uh, they have access to any information they want. On the other hand, they're like wildly incompetent. So. <laughs> 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 I uh, I just finished watching Citizen Four, which um, I was sort of familiar with, but I'd never actually seen the documentary, which is um, the documentary on uh, Edward Snowden releasing the information um, in 2013. And I mean, I was pretty aware of all those events to already begin with because I'm in information security. But um, it, every time I even get remotely involved with that, it just renews my hatred of all things <laughs> government. So. I'm Josh, and uh, I'm literally part of the government, so I, I'm not sure <laughs> what position I'm supposed to take here. Are you are you reading my emails, Josh, as we speak? Not yet. I mean, if you want to forward them to me, I can probably. <laughs> I I do have a I, I I have a question for you. So, as God Emperor of Ammon, <laughs> what is the, I guess the like the law or the regulation or whatever that that like the hoop you have to jump through that you find the most silly or most like biggest waste of time. Well, I mean, this year it's how quickly the IRS has chosen to return my federal tax deposit from last year, which is not at all. So, oh, does that count as silly? I I was assuming as like. More in your official capacities as no. God Emperor, but... I don't know. In my official capacity, I've never found anything particularly bothersome yet, which is part of the problem, I suppose, when you have any government conversation. Like, local <laughs> government is such a completely different beast, even than when you get to, like, the state level, or or I don't know about county yet. Uh, I wonder if county level will irritate me. Do you anyway. deal with the county at all? Um, yes, a little bit. I mean, we, you know, for example, I mean, your police force is the county, right? That's correct. They are from, but, but that's actually really, that's a contract directly with the police force itself, not the yeah, county. Say, 
that's not necessarily with the right, county. Yeah. That's, that's and I mean, like, you know, we we interface with the county in that, for example, Ammon a few months ago um, elected to create a new urban renewal district. And that sort of changes the the way tax is collected for the county in the properties that, you know, are still county properties that are within that urban renewal district. So, so I mean, yeah. And like, you know, weird esoteric stuff. Yes, we do interface with the county. And so far in my capacity, I've had a meeting with county commissioners twice. Hmm. I think, honestly, Jay, I think I have a, a character trait that's like resistant to bureaucracy, you know? <laughs> Like the way dwarves are with like poison. If you were if if making your fudge character, it would be you would have the trait resistant to bureaucracy. Yes, basically, because I'm just sort of like, eh, okay, yeah, I'll do this paperwork, whatever. I mean, it's probably <laughs> in my nature. It's probably also the fact that I've basically been a government contractor for two decades, you know. Yeah. See, if they handed me that paper, all it would require of me would be a signature, and I would still complain about it. <laughs> Bureaucracy uh, is BS. I'm tired of this. Uh, I mean, I recognize there are moments when it gets ludicrous, but I, I did used to always say to my wife, I'm like, remember, it's the bureaucracy that separates us from uh, <laughs> third world nations. But I don't even think that's true anymore. <laughs> I, so uh, I'm Jay, and I I pretty strongly maintain that like today is. Uh, October, or sorry, December 44th of 2020. And <laughs> Brian and I had like these grand Because ambitions. the beatings have continued until morale improves? Is that basically well, why you feel that way? Yeah, kind of. I mean, we we had these these grand, uh, you know, New Year's resolution ambitions. And like the start of 2021 is just like beat them out of us. And like I hold this glimmer of hope that I'm, I'm going to count uh like the 21st is the start of the new year and it's it's i'm not a i'm not a smart man <laughs> but i do still i guess hold out hope <laughs> yes well we all of us sort of have a to some degree or another we <laughs> we are not immune to the foolishness of hope yeah so, speaking of government bureaucracy, um, you mentioned on Twitter that you, you're going to have a difficulty shipping to the UK. I just want to hear the story live. Oh, sure. Okay. Well, basically, I mean, it's it's a quick and easy story. <laughs> 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 um, basically, so our our online uh, mail service that we print out our online postage. Uh-huh. Uh, they sent me an email saying, "Hey, so due to Brexit, you now need to." get a VAT number and start collecting a 20% VAT tax. On... 20%? Whoa! That's is that, 20%. that seems that seems high. Is that not that's, high? That's like, that's standard. For, oh, okay. Okay. For an yeah. international thing? No, that's just, like, that's just, that's their lives. They pay 20% VAT tax on everything, basically. Oh, jeez. Does that help them keep a stiff upper lip? That I mean, it it pays for their their socialized medicine, Josh. Oh, okay, then I'm on board. Yeah. What? No, you're wrong. <laughs> the government's bad. So, basically they said, uh, you know, you if you do not 
create a VAT tax number and start reporting, you know, putting in the, your VAT number on your packages and collecting the money and submitting it quarterly, um, then you're going to, then your packages will get returned. And so, you know, we looked at um, how many packages we've been shipping to the UK, which since like September has been seven. Oh, wow. Seven packages? Yeah. And we, and also since then, like at the start of the year, Asmo Day changed their policy to where we can no longer uh, ship Asmo Day products to international customers. Not that we were probably, like, uh, honestly, probably all those orders were, were private press orders. So that's not going to make a huge impact. But it was basically a situation where we were like, you know, the the volume just isn't worth going through through these bureaucratic steps. And so we're, we're just not going to be shipping to the UK anymore. Jay, this means the bureaucrats won. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which I'm resistant to. That's no, you're you would resistant have, to the bureaucracy, not the bureaucrats. <laughs> you would have uh, filled out that paperwork, signed up for the VAT, and, and kept on plugging away. It's probably true. <laughs> I'm part it of the did. issue is that, like, it also would have had these, like, the website isn't set up to collect that. And so I would have had to have, like, contacted. Your website's not. Yeah, correct, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure, right. I would have had to have contacted every customer and been like, hey, I need you to pay 20% more so that uh, I can submit your VAT tax. So. Interesting. See, do you know, do you know why I'm resistant to to bureaucracy trevor what's that i mean what does that stand for i just love me some acronyms <laughs> the acronyms are like you're like ooh, can i i want to read more about this <laughs> that stands for value added tax oh yes that's hot it <laughs> <laughs> makes my skin crawl <laughs> so the reason why it has that uh what value uh, did it add? That's what I want to know. It is a misnomer. It is full of... Oh, gosh. That makes the me the reason why it has that name is because, like, if when it goes through each step of creating this product, uh, there are certain steps that won't get taxed if they're not adding value. Uh, I freaking love it. <laughs> so, yeah. I do have... Not... This isn't really an appropriate... Uh, Forum. Topic to joke about, but I do have uh, a little bit of a joke about. This is like a, a dank bureaucrat meme? Is that what's uh, happening? A, a dank insurrection meme. Oh, dang. <laughs> so, one of the tweets I saw that, that made me laugh was, um, or maybe it was a post somewhere else, I don't know, but their post was, uh, you know, name a location that has better security than the capital and and then it says correct answers only and because a lot of times the the joke is you know wrong, wrong answers, answers only, only yeah. and oh yeah, yeah get some really, sure. really funny stuff okay um so <laughs> probably the one that made me laugh the most because like it, it stings how true it is um was uh it said they said ethnic hair products in walmart <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, painful. Yes, you're right. The truth stings, even even to a bureaucratic resistant, uh, <laughs> whatever I am, God Emperor. 
that hurts. <laughs> I mean, it, the, the, the truth is, is it applies to several things in Walmart. Have you ever tried to get a Switch game? Oh, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you've com- think, yeah. you've completely given up. You're like, I'm just going to download it. It's way easier. Yeah, yeah, I'm right. getting one of you guys to yeah. help me get it There's out of no the last case. There's no benefit to the cartridge for me anymore. <laughs> um, so stuff from Discount Games, Inc. Um, a few pre-order things to be aware of. Uh, at the end of the month, we have some exciting uh, pre-orders for Grimkin. There is the Defiled Archon and Isaiah the Dread Harvester. Those are both coming out the end of January. That's um, not the Gargantuan yet, right? Does the Gargantuan correct. have a name yet, by the way? Like the Slaughterhouse. Yeah, it's a Slaughterhouse, right? That's slaughterhouse. right. I knew I was excited for a reason. All right, carry on. Um, for Marvel Crisis Protocol, uh, we just had the release of She-Hulk and... Medusa and sorry, uh, the Enchantress and uh, someone else. Um, and then we have pre sales now for February for the Inhumans, and so that is Black Bolt, Medusa, Crystal, and Lockjaw, I believe. Jay, I feel like I need you to at some point, obviously not today, you need to pitch to me a series that I could read that has the Enchantress that I would care about. I have, like, no connection to that character at all. Um, I did read a pretty cool story that was, or comic book arc that was kind of in connection with Loki. That was, I think it also oh, had okay. had Hela as well. But, oh, yeah. my heck. I just realized. Doesn't WandaVision come out this weekend? Yes, it does. But is it is it going to be like Mandalorian? Like, does it get dribbled out? I'm, I'm sure that because... Because it worked joy. for the Mandalorian? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's... Not. It seems like that's what they're going to be doing. Well, I mean, the funny thing is, is like I ask that question as though it affects me because it's ah. not it's not like I keep up with it. You know, how long did it take me to finish Mandalorian season two? Like, it's true. Yeah. So but psychologically, it affects me. I just plus I know that the rest of you are all suffering. That bothers me. Should I know the Enchantress? I mean, is that is that part of the MCU at all? I mean, that character just doesn't. Um. I don't think she's been in the MCU yet. I mean, I feel pretty connected to Marvel, and some of these names that they that they're putting out, I'm just like, I have no idea who that is. Well, the funny thing is, when you say the Enchantress, I think isn't there a DC character who's the Enchantress? And I, you know, yes, there is. I have to like rethink about it every time. Well, I mean, the the problem with DC and Marvel is that they, for many many years, stole each other's content. I mean, there's there's a reason why there's a Captain Marvel in. In both of them. Marvel. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and it I, might. We, I, 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 I think we might see. I think we're likely going to see Enchantress in the, uh, the, and the rumors are saying this that we're going to see the Enchantress in the Loki, uh, Disney Plus TV show. Which I'm like so excited about. The trailer yeah, yeah. has got me totally sucked in. Um, I will admit that I was not all that interested until I saw the trailer. Right. Um, so the idea of the um I can't think of their name, the time timeline just, just call them the time watchers. Yeah, anyway. It's like the time guys. tag, it's like the time authority group or something like that. Uh, timeline authority group I think is it is the I'm pretty sure the T is for timeline. Anyway, yeah. It doesn't matter. You threw in time travel 
And a character that I have zero interest in, Loki, all of a sudden I have 100% interest in. <laughs> Classic Trevor. Really? The movies didn't even make you interested in Loki? He's just so, I just love Tom Hiddleston's portrayal of Loki so much. Oh, I think he does a great job of Loki, but Loki's never been a... He's never been a character in the comics that I really attached to. I mean, okay. He felt like a, he felt like an Asgardian god. He, um, in many ways, less understandable than than a a Greek god. Almost like he just had a certain thing that he always did. And sure. Much, to be to be fair, I never cared about Thor in the comics either. So that problem of not caring about Asgardians in the Marvel comics. Um, just sort of carried over and I don't have okay. any issues with the way he was portrayed. And I, I like him um, as a character in the MCU and he's far more interesting than he was in the comics. For me. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, Loki wasn't a character that I, I was super excited about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you told me, if you gave me, there's, there's 12 movies coming out this weekend. They're all based on Marvel characters. And one of them is based on Loki and one of them is based on, you know, whoever, give me 11 other people. I think Loki would probably be the lowest on my list. Like I just what? have the least interest in that. One of the other 12 is the Enchantress, just so you know. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> Loki is no longer on the bottom. He's now second to the bottom. Can you can you come up with ten more to put him at the top? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Probably not. <laughs> Actually, you probably could. There's it was a, a lot good of, run. There's a lot of Marvel characters I don't care about. Yeah. Um. One one last uh, pre-sale notification, I guess, is that um there is we'll have Death Guard pre-sales for 40k going live this weekend. Um, but they will uh be a little bit difficult to get so i'm sorry or i can only on most of the stuff i can only get like quantity five of each item so mm. rip arino rip arino indeed i do have a dang dude meme because we want to give the people what they want mm-hmm. and this is this is actually <laughs> a good tie-in to the uh dank resurrect or not resurrection insurrection. Dank insurrection Okay. Uh, so this one says name the three branches of u.s government wrong answers only and the reply is lance rod spacing guild ben Gesserit. <laughs> <laughs> that's that was that's quite good uh, amazing i'm not quite sure how you don't have the emperor <laughs> as one of your branches of government but whatever i guess don't look at the man behind the curtain <laughs> Okay, so this episode, we're going to discuss two topics. Um, we're going to go over Ready Player Two and Mulan. So which which oh. one do you guys want to tackle first? Mm, I vote to start with Mulan. Okay. Your family's watched this, Josh, is that correct? We have not yet, no. Uh-uh. Oh, okay. I had assumed they would have. So I'm... You you have watched it with your family, Trevor, correct? Yes, my um, my wife uh, my wife is a huge fan of the original Disney film Mulan. She has a, a T-shirt that says, you know, shame on you, your family, your cow, um, <laughs> with, with Mushu on it. Um, mm-hmm. She she loves Mulan, and that that love is sort of passed to my daughter. So um, they pushed me pretty hard to buy the movie from Disney Plus before December. 
Mm. Um, and I kind of said, no, I don't think, I don't think we're going to do that. Um, at least, you know, not before Christmas sort of thing. Um, you know, cause I didn't know where we would sit. So they waited and waited and waited. But then when it came live, yeah, they wanted to watch it almost instantly. Um, we did not watch it immediately, but we did sit down and watch it. The three of us, my boys didn't watch it cause I couldn't get them interested, but we did watch it and they, um, I trust their opinion more than mine, honestly, because I feel like it's targeted for my wife and my daughter more than it's targeted for me. I am very interested to hear your pitch because, honestly, Jay, my tra- my my family hasn't watched it. Number one, because I'm mostly the curator of what even gets suggested at my house. Sure. And uh, basically the fact that there wasn't Mushu, from what I could understand, I was like, I'm out. So uh, I'll, I'll give you I've, – I've – I've had a lot of people, when I've talked about this show, make this comment. Okay. And for some people, it's like a scathing rebuke of the show. And for some people, I guess it's a positive. Like, But I've had a lot of people say that it feels like they made a ancient China Star Wars movie. Oh, interesting. Okay. And so there's there's some people who like that is very upsetting to them that they did that, <laughs> and then there's some people who are like, oh, that's cool, right? So I don't know if if you if that sounds like something you would like, then uh, then give it a try. All yeah. right, that is, raises my interest. I mean, it does still feel like an ancient China Star Wars movie could still have a Mushu, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that there's certainly there's a, there's a subset of people who are like they added mysticism in it. Now that's it's it is ruined. Um, and then there's other people who are you know that are like, oh, that makes it interesting. To, and um, I think both my daughter and my wife were concerned because they were aware that there was mysticism in it, and they were afraid that it was going to ruin it. Um, mm, and, interesting. And, you know, because they 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 were like you. You know, they love Mushu. They wanted kind of the whole. Um, fun part of it but when they realized that, that, that disney went a different path i think they in their initial gut reaction was we'll go the whole way then you know if you're going to go historical then go the whole way and disney's like we're not going to go the whole way we're going to go part of the way we're going to make it somewhat historical we're going to make it somewhat mysticism based and um, so it's sort of in that middle line um anyway. so like any good compromise everyone's pissed off about it then yeah <laughs> probably and I was, I enjoyed the movie. Um, I I thought it was good. I didn't think it was like going to hit any of my, you know, top movie lists, but I I did enjoy it. It was good enough that we'll watch it again. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I I, I will I, say I I thought the production value of it was um quite high. That's I I think that's one of the positive um notes or aspects of the show is that it it is, uh, in a lot of ways it's it is a very like visually impactful and visually appealing movie um so i I think that's a good aspect of it i I would agree i was impressed by it but no clearly their intention was not to release it on disney plus original yeah i knew it it would have made i think pretty easily over a billion dollars if it had released in the theaters you're saying worldwide yeah beauty and the beast i think was like 1.2 1.3 something like that I think it's better than so. I don't particularly like the live action Beauty and the Beast. Um, I'm in actually, I'm in your camp. Yeah. I think I think that Mulan, um, Beauty and the Beast felt like we're they're like we're going to tell the exact same story over again um, that the the cartoon says, but we're we're going to do it poorly or not as good. 
And and I don't feel like Mulan does that. I feel like Mulan's like, well, we're going to tell the same story, but we're going to tell it in a very different way. Right. And we're going to tell it in our own way, in a different way. You know, almost like, okay, we're going to, you know, we're going to do a Shakespeare play, but we're going to do it in our own style. This is the same thing. They're taking a timeless story, but we're going to do it in our own style. We're not going to copy what we did the last time, which I, I honestly feel like Beauty and the Beast makes that problem is that they're just like, we're just going to retell the same thing. And we're going to do it basically in the same way. And we'll make a few changes that'll annoy you. But really, it's at the end of the day, it's the same stuff. Mulan is not that. It is not this. It is the same core story, but it's told in a very different way. And I think that it's, yeah, I would, I would rate it above, um, I would rate it above, honestly, all of the live action remakes. I don't like too many of them. Aladdin was okay. I, uh, Brian, Brian hasn't wanted to watch them. And so I haven't watched either Aladdin or The Lion King yet. I've seen um, The Lion King, which is another one that I feel like they made the mistake of. We're going to retell the... Um, we're going to retell the the cartoon, but without the great songs and without the... Right. Without the great humor. And, I mean, they made some great moves, but I just feel like they, they should... If they're going to make those changes, embrace them. And they didn't. They just kind of like, we're just going to change it a little bit and retell the same thing. Same problem with the Jungle Book. It felt like, um, well, that one a little different. That one had its own problems. But anyway, I honestly, I think that this might be the best live action remake that Disney has made. And the only other one that I think is close is probably the Aladdin one. My dark confession is that I have literally not watched the entirety of any of the live action remakes. That's okay. (laughs) I had no interest from the beginning, and like, I've just never been invited in a way that I cared to watch them. (laughs) This feels weird to me. Like, my my wife and daughters love Cinderella, and they liked Beauty and the Beast quite a bit, too. And I think they watched Aladdin. Um, Here's my. I didn't really like Jungle Book that much. It's because it's not good. I refused to watch Jungle Book. That's literally probably my second favorite Disney movie of all time, and I was like, no, you're not going to. I just didn't want to, I didn't want to mess with my with my nostalgia. That's I mean that's the one that that John Favreau launched their that whole movement with. Hmm. I, I will say that um, Will Smith does a much better genie than I expected. So I mean that's a little bit off topics, but I don't want to downplay Aladdin that much because I actually think that of the live action remakes it's really good. But if I were to pitch this to you or to anyone else. I would say lose your preconceived notions about what you're going to get. Go in wanting to watch a, a what should have been a big summer blockbuster and just go watch it because I actually think this is probably the best of those. Oh, and if, I if just gonna, remembered. If you're going to see one, this is the one to see. Oh, okay. There is one that I watched, the whole thing, and all it did was like lock in my confirmation bias that these were bad and I shouldn't watch them. <laughs> I watched Pete's Dragon. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't watched that one. <laughs> I didn't make it. I didn't. No, I didn't make it through. It's bad. It's really. It's yeah. Bad decisions were made. I didn't That's... even make it. I bet you. Where did I? How far did I make it into that one? Like maybe ten, fifteen minutes, and I'm like. Oh wow. I'm like no, no, this is not it. This is not. <laughs> I I am curious, Trevor. What you're so you said that you're. Your wife and daughter were kind of super fans of the cartoon. What ended up being their opinion of the show? They loved it. <laughs> they really did. They they enjoyed it quite a bit. They really enjoyed it a lot. And I think that they probably um, 
are maybe better than I am at tossing out any preconceived notions. I know that they had a little bit of apprehension about the mysticism and the way that it was going to be portrayed and, and the lack of Mushu, et cetera, et cetera. But they probably went into it with a little bit more open mind than the average person. Um, they definitely both came away really enjoying it. Although, you know, for somebody who says they enjoyed it, neither of them have gone back and watched it while my daughter has rewatched uh, Beauty and the Beast more times than should be legally allowed. <laughs> and it, it's embarrassing to me. I love it. Um, let's let's go through and real quick, we can do a speed grading. Trevor That's part Knight of your pitch. All right, I'm of, excited. Of this show. Uh, so first we have design. So it's very beautiful. There's some great um, cinematography that are, that's done. It's it's pretty, and they've chosen some great. Um, actors to portray these characters and i know they're trying to um one of their biggest audiences they wanted to encourage was the american audience and so there's a lot of um, very traditional um, chinese actors that you expect to be there are there um you know things like um i just forgot his name that plays the king um anyway the, the, you you get what you expect from disney i guess and but that's not necessarily a bad thing so there are some questions I had that were really weird. Like um, in the cartoon, there, there's there's plot points in the movie that make no sense to me. So in the cartoon, she takes off from their um, their their household, their farm that's kind of outside of the city, and she goes and joins the military. Well, in the movie, they live in the city that is more like a apartment complex. I mean, it's a a walled uh, city where they're the, on the walls are the built the the households. And um, she disappears from that. And I'm the whole time I'm thinking, why does no one not raise their hand and say, hey, where did Mulan go? Um, so anyway, there, there are some plot holes, I guess, maybe within that particular choice. Um, but overall, I think that they did a great job of bringing in an interesting idea of um, of what it means to be um, a woman hero in, in ancient China. Oh, okay. Interesting. So what's your number, Trevor? Oh, I have to put a number to it? <laughs> sure. It's the drill. Um, so I, I'm going to downtick it a couple, a couple of times for some some choices they made which caused plot holes which aren't there in the original story. Um, but overall, I think it's a beautiful film and that I think they did a lot of choices that work well with it. I'm going to give it an 8. Yeah, I'll agree. I, wow. That's the number that I was thinking. Okay. Next, we have time management. It's a two-hour movie, which, on the one hand, it I didn't really feel like it dragged at any points. Um, but on the other hand, that feels like a pretty long length for this type of movie. Jet, Jet Li is the person I was trying to think of. He plays the king. Oh, okay. I don't know. Do you, do you agree or disagree with that assessment, Trevor? Um, I... I dislike the modern notion that a movie needs to be inappropriate. Like I, I hate that they've decided that, you know, two hours is the appropriate amount of time that you'll sit on your butt. Trevor rejects our grading rubric, Jay. <laughs> uh, it did feel a little bit long, maybe 10 minutes too long. It, I, part of this is, I, I, I guess, I don't know. Like part of my thought process with it is that if this is supposed to be, at least partially aimed aimed toward kids 
like two hours is pretty pretty long in that department it feels like so i feel like it's the length it is because they looked at it and said well, we need to make this longer to to encourage i mean i feel like sometimes people look at movies big blockbusters and they would look at it and go if you released a big blockbuster um for you know a july 4th weekend release or something and you told moviegoers that it was 60 minutes long that even if it was the most amazing 60 minutes of their life they would feel ripped off that they would not want to pay full movie yeah. price yeah and to me that's completely insane because they don't think the other way around oh i should play i should pay extra because this movie is three hours long which we've had a lot of blockbusters over the last 20 years that were you know three close to three hours long or longer you know i'm looking at you lord of the rings i'm looking at you mc <laughs> But nobody once said, oh, man, I'm getting a great deal because it's three hours worth of entertainment and I'm only paying for this movie ticket. So, I don't know, I just hate this notion that we have to have a movie that's two hours long. And I kind of look at this and I'm thinking, okay, the reason that they that it's as long as it is is almost because they want it to be the big summer blockbuster. And I don't think they're looking at it as a kid's film as much as they're looking at it as this is a family film. I want everyone to come out and we want them to feel like they're getting their value. To me, that's just a dumb notion. Like, tell the story. I don't care how long it takes. All right. So next we have repeatability. Um, it is it is a movie that I expect I will watch again. It doesn't oh? have it doesn't have some of the repeatability you get out of the cartoon, like the great the really great songs out of the cartoon are what make it so repeatable. Like you could literally put the cartoon on in the background and just listen to them, you know, sing about being a man, and you'd be like, and you'd be singing along. And there's not right. that here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's nothing here that that really kind of slams at home as being a rewatchable film, but it is good. I don't, I suspect we'll probably watch it again at some point, but I don't know. It's won't be one that gets rewatched over and over again. And I, I will admit the reason I talked about my daughter rewatching um, the live action beauty and the beast. It's because it has many of the same songs right? as, yeah. as the cartoon. So, uh, so repeatability, I'll probably give like a six. It's five. It's an average. For me. Uh, next we have fun. There's no Mushu, so what made it fun? <laughs> I'm going to bang that drum as often as I can. Um, there, there's still quite a bit of fun that goes involved with, um, I don't want to call it physical humor, but the, the situational humor. I don't want to call it a sitcom, but I mean, she still is a female amongst men, and there are plenty of jokes that are that are made at her expense um, that make it sort of, not sorry, not at her expense, but in her company because of the situation that, that the right. viewer is aware of that the characters are not. There's plenty oh, of that. Oh, sure, sure. There's plenty of that, and it's fun, but it's not like, this is not a comedy, you know, this is not intended to be um, rolling in the aisles humorous. This is not Mushu. Wait, I, ha I have a question that I realized I didn't ask yet, and this is a little bit related to the fun category. It, is it a musical? No. Oh, weird. Okay, all right. Hmm. So no one is going to melodically talk about making a man out of me? Nope. Nope. No. Wow. There's, in fact, I can't think of, is there, is there even a core theme song or anything in it? I don't recall there being any songs of any kind. Yeah, I don't know. No, it's, it's know. a very, it's a, it's a very different show. And like I said, that's, yeah. to me, that's what makes it rewatchable. If this were just a remake of the cartoon, I would just go watch the cartoon. Hmm. Okay. Um, all right, so did we give a number on fun? <laughs> no, I inter I interrupted you. <laughs> Try again. I do think it's fun. I think that uh, yeah. for a family action movie, 
um, it does a good job. Um, so, I mean, I, I would still give it above average. I think it's probably a six. Yeah, I think that's fine. Uh, overall? Overall, it's a fairly forgettable summer blockbuster. I mean, that's not to say that that's a big negative, but it's not going to. 20 years from now, nobody's going to be talking about this version of Milan. They will still be talking about the cartoon version. So was it enjoyable? Yes. Was I glad I saw it? Yes. Will it be on my top 100 lists of the decade? No. It's. I, th- I think the only maybe point of disagreement with with what Trevor just said is that I think there are going to be some people, some kids, etc., where I guess kind of the representation of what they watched in the show will be important to them. And so I agree. It was certainly very important to my daughter and my wife. Yeah. So I, I think for um, the people who that talks to them more, it, it will maybe stick with them a little bit longer than it, it did for us. But I, I don't know. I still think that the original probably sticks with them more. Than this yeah, that's possible. Well. Yeah. But. My, it does also do, do either of you know, uh, who Jimmy Wong is? Yes. And I pointed him out to my daughter and my wife during it. I'm like, that's Jimmy Wong. It's Freddie yeah. Wong's brother. <laughs> so. I, I even showed him the, I even showed him the making bacon pancakes YouTube video that Freddie or Jimmy did forever ago. And I'm like, that's him. Oh, I so. don't know. I don't know that one, but. Oh, you don't? Oh, uh, I, I follow him on Twitter. And so that was, uh, it's, it's kind of cool that he's in, in this show. I mean, the perfect part for me was um, at the very end, um, uh, shoot, I can't think of her name. The one who played Mulan the first time around, uh, Ming. Uh, oh, shoot, what's her name? I'm sorry. She's on Mandalorian. Wait, she's Fennec? Yeah. Ming Na Wen. So when she she's um, she introduces uh, Mulan at the very end of the movie, and I, I was just like, hey, it's Mulan introducing Mulan. Anyway, it, it that oh, was cool. That's it funny. was it was cool too. Um, so they they did some of that that made it really neat. Yeah. Uh, overall, what's your what's your grade? Um, I mean, like I said, I think this is uh, it's a it's an above average summer blockbuster, but it's not something that's going to go down in history as being you know something that I put on a top list. You know, it is. I'll probably is give the like best. a a B minus something like that. Yeah, it um, is the the best of the live actions in my opinion, but that's not hmm. my piece. I, although the more so, I think about it, the more I think Aladdin might be the best of the live actions. Mm. So Josh did, did the pitch get you interested enough that you're going to uh, risk watching it with your family? I, I will move it up on my list of movies that I will suggest to the whole clan to watch. Okay. Because I mean this, the star Wars pitch, that's good enough for me, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and the truth is like for my family because we still try to watch g and pg movies with just with the eight-year-old you know and uh-huh. like man that like cuts your list way down these yeah, days does. Yeah. like yeah. ridiculously a, a, a lot so i think this is a good uh good is this pg-13 no i'm sure it's pg i mean sure. i don't know it's pg-13 Clearly, I'm the only one paying attention to this stuff. Oh, well, then, no, I will never watch it. <laughs> Interesting. Your pitch is your pitch was fine, <laughs> but like the list of movies that will get suggested ahead of now. this, yeah, right. Yeah. Like once, there, once you finally break into PG-13. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It'll be there's way way more movies to watch than this. <laughs> well, to be fair, I, 
if you if it weren't for your young son and you were watching the, if you were watching this with your teen daughters, you probably would have already seen this. Oh, yeah, probably. Um, anyway, I I don't. I'm certain that the reason it's PG, not that I'm trying to convince you, but I'm certain the reason is because they, you know, it's Mulan. They have swords, they fight. Right. I mean, it's, there's really not a lot there that would put it in the in the dangerous category. It is. It is. Yeah. Right. It is no more PG-13 than uh, all of the other MCU films out there, much less so than many of them. But I, sure. I understand why it is. But anyway. Okay. So. Gosh, sorry, Jay. I could have shaved you so much time on that pitch. <laughs> that's fine um so this will be quicker on uh ready player two um really it needed it kind of needs to have a flow chart okay I'm whether listening. or not someone should read this book because first off i'm excited oh take me through the flow chart let's go through the so flow chart yeah, the first one should be like end up on, it. Uh, on the first one is like did you read and enjoy ready player one Yes. 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 Okay. Then we can continue on. If no, then like, there, there's no I, universe where you should read Ready, Ready Player, Player 2. Two I have to say that it. I've never reread Ready Player 1 because I'm worried that on a reread, I would like disdain myself and the book. <laughs> I didn't disdain the book on a reread, but I certainly did not enjoy it the second time through as much as I did the first time. Okay. Around. Interesting. But okay. So for flowchart step number one, I'm a yes, Jay. Okay. Are you... Okay. So step number two. Are you interested in a sequel, knowing that it's not bad, but not as good as the original work? I mean, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to initially respond to the question without asking more complicated questions. So I'm a, I, I would say yes. Okay. Um, I'm basically we're, we're basically done with the flowchart. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, so, flow I would add one to the flowchart, yeah. which was going to okay. be my my question to you, which is. Is it better than Armada? Yes, it is. Okay, well then that's fine. Because I was like super excited to read his next book because I enjoyed Ready Player One enough. I, you know, I I found his style appealing. I was a total sucker for all the nostalgia, right? So I'll say it's. I think it's significantly worse or significantly better than Armada. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I never read Armada, so that's not part of my flow. Yeah, Armada was, was yeah. Really give gratitude to whatever dark gods you worship that you did. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it was you two told me not to. Yeah. Well, we're yeah. good friends. We are. And, and truthfully, I was at the time I was in the middle of school, and I'm like, I, I just don't have the time to dedicate to this to start with. And on top of that, you're telling me to steer, steer clear. Right. But here's the thing. I, I'm I, there's still another step in this flowchart for me because I'm okay. looking at going. Okay, yes, I did enjoy the first book. And yes, I do like some sequels, even if they're not as good as the original. Um, but am I willing to sit down and... I mean, this is going to be a... You know, I'm assuming it's going to be 8 to 10 hours worth of reading. It's probably a faster reach. read than that. For me. How fast did you hours. read Ready Player One? Oh, gosh, that's a that's a... That's not a fair question, Josh, because I literally consumed it in, like, probably two days. Okay. What do you mean that's not a fair question? I mean that means that because that's it appealed to you because that, that's I know that's unusual for you, right? I mean that's yes, that's what that's why you're saying that, right? Like yeah. So yeah, I think that's good to know. Well, I mean, basically what happened is I picked up Ready Player One. I started turning the pages and I was like, holy cow, this is amazing. It was new and different at the time, and it doesn't feel as new and different now because right. there's been copycat things. 
Right. Um, but it was definitely, it felt cyberpunkish, and it was more futuristic than it is now. I mean, somewhat now it feels sort of tropey. Um, I mean, you know, you're looking at it 10 years down the road, but I, I just, I thought this was neat. It was a cool idea. And I just started reading. And before long, I'm like, I realized that I, you know, I had. Took oh it, crap. I've read half the book. Yeah. <laughs> I took it. I took it with me to dinner, you know, and ate at the dinner table with it. And I, I stayed up late reading in bed and I realized, you know, at like three in the morning that I had work in the morning and I was still reading. And then, you know, I got up in the morning and I took it with me to work and between, you know, you just I did all the things you do when you run into a book like that, um, and I just don't I mean, know that I would do that with the, with the I, like describing my have, normal you, life with books. I love it. Right. <laughs> you likely won't have that experience with this book. Um, I guess the the two here's I guess the two cautionary uh, points I'll make about the book beyond what I've already said. <laughs> uh, the first one is like it feels like the start of the book. Um, it takes a little while for it to get going, and it feels like the start of the book is kind of focused on the main character, which is the same Wade, the same uh, character as the first one. Oh, see, um, I didn't know that. I actually thought this was about Artemis. No, yeah, it's about Wade. Okay. And he is pretty unlikable at the start of the book. So, sorry, I, I guess I don't really even know the elevator pitch to this. What what is the I mean what if you were to read the back of the book <laughs> give me the summation of what what is going on is this in the future? What if, I, almost, I almost thought this was like the um um sh, what's Ender Shadow sort of same story told from a different perspective. Oh yeah, no. Oh, that would this that is this is basically does it pick uh, up right as Ready Player One ends? No, they've they've basically had time as like the overlords of the world and feel very hollow and unfulfilled. Oh, shocking. Yes. I'm so surprised. <laughs> hollow and unfulfilled. How could money do this? I'm, I can't believe it. I mean, I, I told Josh this, that there were parts in the start of the book where it felt to me like he was kind of projecting his own experience of Oh, Being really? Author? The author's experience, right? Yes. Yeah, like he made a whole bunch of money and got really famous really quick, and then he's like... And he was unfulfilled by it. <laughs> I'm not feeling fulfilled, yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyways, starts a little bit slow. Character's not super likable at the start of the book. Um, elevator pitch is basically, what if uh, Halliday did a second contest? Uh, is this a hidden hall- contest that Halliday hadn't revealed originally, or is this Wade yeah. trying to recreate the nope, this is of a, the original? This is a, another contest that had been hidden. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I love that you're like losing Trevor with, <laughs> with just sort of like the basic pitch. The flowchart was working better, Jay. Go back to the flowchart. <laughs> you've you've lost well, me. I I I said I was going to give you like the the, the kind of uh, bad elements. So that's what I'm doing. That's fine. Uh, I mean, I understand, but I would have been more interested had it been about sure. Wade's midlife crisis. Let me recreate this excitement by creating my own sure. game. Yeah, sure. that would have that would have been an interesting, more interesting pitch. I it's it's also yeah, it's it's yeah. Anyway, um, the other thing that is um, Maybe a caution with it is that so there's there's still again you know lots of puzzles that they're going through with it and it felt like 
kind of the ratio of topics that I was interested in in the first book was a little bit higher than in the second book um, in what the puzzles are about. So, for example, there's there's one part where he spends a quite a large chunk of time um, going over John Hughes and John Hughes films. And, like, I've watched some John Hughes films. They're fine. I am by no means obsessed about them, and, and I don't really want to have a big chunk of a book dedicated to him. And so that's, I guess, my second caution with, with the book. So, But um, there were some that were really good. So, for example, he did a deep dive in, like, the first age of, uh, or maybe third age, I don't know, one of the ages of Middle Earth that, um, that I obviously was a lot, enjoyed reading a lot more than uh, the John Hughes deep dive. Yeah. I, I like John Hughes. I like those films quite a bit. There's a few of them that I don't care for. Some of them, a lot of them I do care for. But it does feel like, um, at least from what I've heard, and maybe I heard it from you or from someone else, that that the 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 clues in the original book were more nerd-oriented, and it feels like he's shifted more towards pop culture in the second book, which is fine except for the the nerds who read the first book are feeling probably less attached yeah. to the second one. Yeah. How long so, ago did he write the first one? It's been like a decade now. Oh, so it has been that long. Yeah. It came out in 2010, if I remember right. Yeah. Huh. So that's that's the, the quick pitch. I'm, I'm interested. It sounds like you're not interested, Trevor. Is that correct? I, I mean, if I had nothing else on my plate... Sure, I'd probably pick it up and give it a shot. The truth is is that I decided to tackle the Dresden Files series up from the beginning again, and it's going to take me, it'll be nine months before I finish that. Sure. And then when I'm done with that, the stack of books I have behind that is immense. Right. To the right. point where I just don't know that I, I'm going to get to it. And truthfully, it's a lot harder for me to pick up a sequel to a book if it's, many years down the road sure yeah yeah um especially if the original luster has worn off right i'll give you an example with with ender's game i originally read the book i really enjoyed it and then i went back and reread it and and you know thinking that maybe it wasn't gonna hold the same luster but it did and then i'm like well let's go on at that point and i picked up speaker for the dead and xenocide and i and honestly I'm one of the people who probably likes Speaker for the Dead better than Ender's Game. My brother so, is the same way. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I actually like it better, but it's certainly on par. I did not feel like I, I wasted my time. I, I enjoyed it a lot. It's a very different book. Um, but I would I would, I would would gladly go back and read Speaker for the Dead again. You know what I mean? Probably before I picked up this book. <laughs> so wow. I, I guess I just... There's too much out there. There's too much material for me to allow something that is not really near the top of the list. I mean, if I just sat down for five minutes with you guys and said, what book should I read? You right, could fill yeah. my list with 20 books that would take me, a, a, you know, two years to complete. Right. Josh, what's your, your response? Um, I would say that, you know, your flowchart and pitch has maintained my level of interest. I mean, I intended <laughs> to, I intended to read it already. Uh, I anticipate that I'll get to it before the end of the month. I it's funny because like Trevor's deep into the Dresden Files. I got sucked into the British version of the Dresden oh, yeah, Files, yeah. The Rivers of London, and right. I have one book left in that 
eight book series and I anticipate I'll finish it next week. And I'm still really mad about some things that the author did, but whatever, we can talk about that another day. <laughs> but I anticipate that this would be one I would pick up um, next because I think talk I'll go through it fast. I, I assume right. I'll read Ready yeah, Player Two kind of like I did Ready Player One, you know, and so sure. it, it'll just be a, a little lark. Well, and then it's I'm, probably on to the Once and Future King. I'm, so curious, I have, I'm curious what you end up, uh, if you end up agreeing with my assessment, Gruff. Yeah, okay. So I have to tell you, Josh, um, on your recommendation, I purchased book one and two of Throne of Glass for my daughter for Christmas. Uh, my wife caught wind of them. And, oh, no. uh, she read the first I two books. I shouldn't be held responsible for this, just so you know. I'm not holding you responsible, but you are responsible. I'm just saying. So she read the first two books of Throne of Glass basically in about 18 hours, maybe 24 hours. Like if we um, could weaponize or, uh, you know, like use as an energy uh, creation your wife's ability to read, we would s- solve all the world's problems. <laughs> she, she, she's like, she saw the cover and, and I'm like, oh. I saw the look in her eye, and I'm like, I, I'm not going to get dinner for the next two days. I just, I knew it. Oh, I love it. It's my and favorite. And so she, my she finished favorite. them. And, and my wife, she does not ask for much. But when she does, she lays it on thick. And she just, she kind of, you know, shimmied up next to me. And she's like, you know, um, and I knew it was coming at that point. <laughs> and anyway, so the, the next three books in the series arrive today. Um, from UPS. And she'll be done by Friday. Yeah, she'll be done by Friday, and I'll be buying the rest of the series. I might as well have just bought them all. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. I bought three. Oh, my daughter will be so proud because really that was her recommendation. Yeah. Well, I I bought those the first two books of that, and then we talked about the Zant series um, on an episode back before Christmas. Yeah. Uh-huh. I bought my daughter the first two books of the Zant series. Well, <laughs> my daughter was finishing. Yeah, my daughter finished was yeah. finishing a different book, and my wife, and the when my daughter was basically almost finished with the book she was on, my wife picked up the first book in Throne of Glass. So my daughter got rerouted because she was going to read that book. So my daughter's reading the Zant series now because my wife basically stole her mm-hmm. Christmas present. <laughs> Amazing. I regret nothing. <laughs> and well, you shouldn't. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let us know what you guys think of Mulan and Ready Player Two. And I'm, I'm curious to hear your opinions.